Thanks for joining us today for the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. Season three has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. So tune in every week on Fridays. We will have a new episode. Also, this season, we will celebrate our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that. Just happens to fall on my birthday, October 28th. So we will have a big celebration. Thank you so much for joining us. And here's today's guest. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley. And today I'm joined from Augusta, Georgia with Angela Marshall. Hi, Angela. Hello. How are you? Doing good. What is life like in Augusta right now? Right now, it is raining in Augusta, Georgia. It is hot, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll take it. I think the weather here, it, it, it does what it wants to do. I think some will, would probably say that it's a woman because it's like all over the place. One minute it's hot, <laughs> it's cold. It, you know, it's snow, we can have hail, ice storms, and whatever else. So the weather's all over the place, but I don't ever complain because I know we need a mixture of it all in order to make things work. So we yep, good. That's that's true. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Angela. Angela is a public figure and a professional writer, columnist, best-selling author, creative consultant, ex-NFL wife, and business owner of In Other Words by Stone. She teaches, enlightens, and shares in motivating and transparent topics, encouraging struggles to strength. Angela has inspired minds to stretch and evolve across the globe. Her heart and passion to liberate, illuminate, and motivate others has appropriately nicknamed her the the wise words woman. Angela resigned. Yeah. Angela resigned from 20 years in the corporate world to embrace the purpose that has pursued her throughout her life to be unmasked, unchanged, and untamed. She struggled through a lavish but sorely lacking lifestyle as a former NFL wife. And that chapter in her life produced the transparency and in her inspiring, inquiring minds want to know autobiography, reality to rags to riches, the story and life of an NFL wife. So I am so thrilled that you're here to talk to us a little bit today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I tell you, uh, your podcast is definitely top five, one that is needed, especially as it relates to having faith. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up at. Absolutely. I uh, definitely grew up in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. Young child, just full of, of, of innocence and, and life and just thinking that I was going to be a ballerina, actually. Ballet. <laughs> I want, I, I absolutely loved ballet. We'll talk about that a little bit later, how I kind of uh, took a detour from that, not having faith in myself. Um, but grew up in Augusta, Georgia, born and raised here, traveled, was afforded the opportunity to travel with my ex-husband who played in the National Football League, um, went to Denver, uh, um, New York, went to, we went to um, Germany, Spain, different places, and, um, you know, lived and, and visited in those places. So I'm, I'm kind of well-traveled, but my home and my heart is right here in Augusta, Georgia. Ah, so speaking of your husband, who was a, a, who was your ex-husband, who was NFL, um, how did you guys meet? 
so we met in high school. Okay. <laughs> yep, we were quote unquote uh, high school sweethearts, as I guess some would deem it. I think I would probably label it more as two young children, just you know, full of life and trying to make life together, but it just did not work. <laughs> and how old was he when he got into the NFL? Um, I'm not sure. I know it was like mid twenties because he had graduated from University of Georgia with his business management degree. So I'm not sure it was like mid mid twenties. We were there from 1992 until 1998. Okay. Okay. So what was that lifestyle like? <sighs> Let's see. Life uh, in the NFL was just like all of the emojis on uh, that you can select for a Facebook post. <laughs> It was like, it was love, it was hate, it was sad. It was, it was kind of all over the place. But the one thing that I will say, um, you know, during that lifestyle, was, one of the things that it taught me was the need for faith. I mean, an undying, um, you know, faith, because I, I, I believe as we all know, the guys that make it to the NFL or that make it to the high ranks of any sports or any um, arena in life, you must have faith and you have to have faith, not only just in yourself, but in your craft and your skills and your God-given ability and talents. Um, and then also you got to have a really good support system that encourages you and helps you whenever your faith is, is weary or is waning and they can kind of, you know, um, pour into you. But it was just one of those things where I like to be very, very transparent and say that you know, this is my disclaimer. The NFL was not a horrible lifestyle. I'm not denouncing the lifestyle. I'm not denouncing money. I'm not bashing my ex-husband. We're very, very good friends. You know, even though people like to uh, put their spin on it and say their own narrative about why I do what I do or I speak what I speak. We're very good friends. He's very supportive of me coming out and talking about it. Um, but the NFL was, was um, a very good experience, not only for myself, but for our two children that were very young at that particular time. Mm -hmm. I met some incredible people. Um, matter of fact, I'm still in contact with a lot of those people. And it was just an experience where I will say that people think that just because the lifestyle on TV or, you know, you think it's a little bit more lavish than yours or there's more money or whatever, but the problems and the issues that beset you are exactly the same. Right. There's, right. There's nothing different. <laughs> yep. You are wherever you go and <laughs> oh, yeah. your, your stuff goes with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And it just, I, you know, I can't remember which um, a comedian I heard say this, but it was like, you know, money doesn't create monsters. Whatever is in that person, obviously, when they get money or they get power or whatever, it just increases it more. That's it. Right. But it's right. not about, you know, because, oh, now I got money. I'm a jerk. If you were a jerk before you got the money, ten, not 10 times out of 10, you're still going to be. <laughs> you know, not that right. I want you to remain a jerk because there are certain aspects of my life where, you know, a lot of growth. I'm just so thankful. I really, really am thankful, um, you know, just for growth and, and opportunity. Definitely. So did you feel um, a lot of comparison, a lot of um, need to uh, be somebody because you were married to an NFL, an NFL star? There's a lot of that, unfortunately. And I don't think that it's fair to just say, well, it's because of the wives 
or it's because of the players or it's because of society. I think we all have a play in that because usually we sit back and we think that everybody's life is so much better than ours. So when I entered into the NFL with my ex-husband at the time, you know, of course, much, much younger, talking about 20 something years ago when I was in it, um, you know, there was this um, cookie cutter or this stigma of what a stereotype of what the WAGs, which are wives and girlfriends of the professional athlete look like. Now you will have some on one hand that's, that will say, well, you fit that bill. I can see, I can see that. And then on the other hand, you'll have people that will say, well, you know, maybe you should get this procedure done or you should get that or whatever. Mm. Let me throw a disclaimer out again to each its own. Whatever you do to you, for you is to you and for you. I'm not for, I'm not against. I don't care. But as it relates to me, there were just certain things that I decided I was not going to, you know, I just decided I did not need. I, I, I was going to just try to fill up my own cup being authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. But yes, there's a lot of comparison. And I, and I will say that even though I'm not in that lifestyle anymore, as far as like with the NFL, I found it true in all levels. <laughs> I don't care whether it's a plant that you work at, a, a, an organization or whatever, there's always this be like Betty or, <laughs> you know, right, right. A, a need to be to be like something other than what you truly are. What do you think we gain by creating those kinds of comparisons and contrasts with one another? Stress and misery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's it. I was a complete nothing to myself trying to be everything to everyone else. And that was a recipe for misery. So now that I have the opportunity to tell my story, to, you know, just walk in my truth of who I am, okay. And and even that is with boundaries, because if there are things that I need, that I know I need to do to better myself, I need to be doing those things. I'm not saying, you know, just you you should not be involved in, in growth or evolution, not at all. You know I mean? Because there are a lot of things each and every day that I'm working on trying to make myself better, trying to make my life better. But ultimately, the things that society, people, places, things, or whatever try to deem, try to heap on us to say, if you're not a size this, or you don't drive this, or you don't have this, or you don't have these letters, or you don't, or you haven't acquired this or that, or whatever the case is, you know, they're they're trying to put you into this box, like deeming you less than, or making, mm-hmm. you know, making your life lower than theirs. That I don't. Um, I don't subscribe to it all. Now, once upon a time, I did because, I mean, you know, when you have enough people sitting in front of you or you have the TV and the magazines and all this other stuff just pumping all this, you know, supposed information to you, at some point, I do believe that, that you believe it, but that's where, in my opinion, the faith comes in and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what is the best course and the best journey and the best path the best plan for me. And I have to be set and I have to be strong enough to say, okay, you know, what's good for Jill and her family and her dynamics, that's good for you. That's great. As long as whatever I believe for me and my family and my dynamics, they're not harming anyone. 
or it's not harming anyone. It's not, um, you know, it's not doing any type of destruction to anyone or to our unit. I say go for it. Yeah. (laughs) So is that how you held your core, your core self together is through, you know, your faith and your belief in yourself um, in the midst of all of the craziness of that world? Oh my God, in the midst of the craziness of that world, I was a hot mess, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be honest. No, it was, ooh, you talk about a chameleon of sorts. And I was just kind of like all over the place, you know, trying to be a people pleaser, trying to be a this, trying to, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to step on any toes or I really had silenced. Before I used to say my voice was silenced, but then I thought about it and I was like, no, because nobody ever held a gun to my face or nobody ever told me don't talk or don't, you know, go against this or don't speak your mind. No one ever said that. I just did it on my own. <laughs> so yeah. now, so now it's just me understanding what that needs to look like as far as having faith. What does faith really mean? It's, you know, a truth in standing true to what you believe in. And you believe that even if it's not tangible right there in front of you, at some point, it's going to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So now I'm able to just really look myself in the face and say, okay, you know what? This is what I want. This is why I want it. And I'm going to stay, you know, just stand strong no matter what comes at me, no matter who comes at me, what they believe, how they believe, that's fine. I'm good. I'm not going to even give any energy. (laughs) I'm not going to allow it to, you know, deter me or distract me from what I feel like my goals and my purpose and and my plans are, you know, for, for this life. Do you feel like it is experience or age that has brought you to this um this kind of uh more self-aware insight well it's definitely not age i can say that (laughs) because (laughs) you know uh, there's a societal cliche and i don't really fall back on them the societal cliches a whole lot but this one i believe there are some old fools out there so i don't think age. (laughs) yes ma'am there are right so i don't think age you know to say okay because i'm 50 i turned 50 last november and so like oh i got all this wisdom in the world no because there are still a lot of areas in which i am you know really taking a hard look at myself and saying okay you need to make some changes girl because that that's that's not it you know so no i don't think it's age i do think experience plays a part i think um seeds are very, very valuable seeds planted prior to that I absolutely had no idea I was actually listening to, whether it was mentor, family members, friends, um, you know, other supportive people that played a role in my, in my, um, in my life. And when they hear stuff like this, they always laugh because they're like, I had no idea you were listening. I didn't either. <laughs> well, girl, you're 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 disappointing me because I'm about to turn 50 and I was really hoping that with 50 would come this great sage wisdom all of a sudden that I would feel like, you know, I had I had arrived someplace, but now you're telling me that's not the case. No, sweetheart, <laughs> you're gonna stay in that car. But what I will say, you know how people try to say, um, you know, I just stay in my lane, I just stay in my lane. Yeah, so I don't once you get a certain age and you have wisdom and you have growth, guess what? You don't have to stay in that lane. You can have multiple lanes. So that's, that's right. The beauty 
to me, that's the beauty of age. But no, no, ma'am, I'm I'm sorry to to burst your bubble. <laughs> there's no no arriving you get off on one destination and then it's like another terminal you got to walk and you got to run to you got to get on the train now then you get up and there's another plane and then there's another terminal and it's just a never-ending cycle well as long as I'm on the journey I'm happy Absolutely. (laughs) so when when your mom died in 2013 you began to ask a question of yourself which was what do I have for me what was that about? My mom um, was diagnosed with cervical cancer in April of 2012. And prior to that, our relationship had been very, very strained. Um, you know, I was raised by my grandparents. I was not reared, did not live with my mom for quite some time. And I actually, um, for, for I don't want to use the harsh words to say hate, but I disliked my mom, I mean, like in her life, because like she she lived with zeal and passion and fortitude and everything. She just didn't live with me. <laughs> and right. so I felt like, you know, other children, I, I'm, I, I'm guessing that are like, why wasn't I good enough that you did not want me to live, you know, with you? You don't want the responsibility with me. You just, you know, you went and you did your thing or whatever. And so when she was um, towards the last couple of years, well, probably the last four years of her life, we were able to sever a lot of the discord and the dysfunction that was going on between us. And so when she got the, the, the news or the diagnosis, you know, we, we were closer and I was actually bedside with her when the doctor came in and said, okay, you know, cervical, cervical cancer, but now it's metastasized to her brain. And they mm-hmm. gave her like two months to live. And actually he predicted it. It was so crazy to the day because she ended up dying in August of 2013. Um, when he came in in June of 2013 and said that. And she had tried everything, the chemo, the radiation, she had tried everything. So as I sat back bedside with this woman who, again, lived every single day of her life. Like literally my mother lived, okay? If she talked to me, she talked to me. If she did, she did. She was you know, really a, a globe trotter. And so I felt, um, you know, as I, as I uh, watched her deteriorate before my eyes, I was like, wow, you know, regardless of, even if whatever was going on in her mind about me as her child or not wanting that responsibility, she lived and she lived full, she lived fueled and she mm. lived free. How can I do that? Like, I truly want to be fulfilled. And I know a lot of people in, disclaimer again this is my views and only my views I'm not saying it for the world or for everybody else I do not want to just live content I want to live fulfilled mm-hmm. okay Very because different. I think there's yeah a huge to me a huge difference huge difference and that's how I remember you know remember my mom and so as she was slipping away the last very last week of her life I don't know it's as if something since I was in close proximity with her and the energy there and you know lack of and whatever, me just trying to make amends and she's trying to you know make amends with me. It was just something that that did like this surge inside of me and was like, girl, you need to live your life. You need to stop just existing, you need to stop settling. Cause in a lot of ways I had been settling and um, I just made a decision. It was just like, okay, when I'm done with her affairs, 
when everything's done and said, from now on, it's going to be full speed ahead, no matter what comes. I don't care about the storms, the ups, the downs, the, the mountains, the valleys, the lows, whatever. I'm going to live every minute, every second, and I will not squander any breath that is given to me on that particular day. And I have not done that. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so you, um, you began to write and speak and all of those things, but some words that you, that you have um, shared with me are decide, deal with, determined, and destination. What do yes. those words mean to you? Those are the four words um, that I use that are actually acronyms is deal, I'm sorry, is decide, deal, determination, and then destination. So I had to put those things in play whenever I am doing goal setting or I'm trying to get out of a situation, get over a situation, go around a situation, whatever. <laughs> and for me, it just means deciding because I think as we all may know, when we are teetering back and forth, um, you know, the results will stay that will remain the same. So I, in my assessment, when you're teetering with something, you have not made a decision. So I said, okay, Angela, you have to decide. Yes, I do want this or no, I don't. Yes, I want to stay stuck or no, I don't. So then the next thing is, as we all know, when you make a decision, what happens? Usually the things that you're deciding, let's just take chocolate chip cookies, for instance, because I absolutely love chocolate chip cookies. So sometimes I will go on a, on a whim and I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to have any chocolate chip cookies this week. But what happens, my hunger, my cravings, my yearning for chocolate chip cookies are like bombarded. I mean, like right. I get tickers on my phone, I get all kinds of stuff, right? So to me, that is the next portion of it, which is deal, deal with whatever comes your way, but be strong enough to say, okay, I've made this decision. So now I have to deal with whatever's going to bombard me, bombard me, whatever's going to you know, try to obstruct me from reaching right. um, what, you know, what you've decided. Right. Absolutely. And so then that, you know, dealing with things coincide with having the determination. It just means, hey, I've just got to stick this out until I reach the desired result. And that's how I get to the destination. So those are four D's in life. <laughs> that's awesome. I, you know, I think that's so important to know that there's intentionality, right, to where we're going. And rather than being complacent and rather than being stagnant or stuck or whatever, but to have a determination to have forward motion takes those four, those four steps really, really importantly. Yep. Yep. That is correct. I think everything begins with you actually having to define whatever it is that you want. Because another saying of mine is when you don't define what you want, other things can find you. Yes, you know, absolutely. And that, and that is what you don't want. And it's, it's so crazy because life is chaotic and it gets, you know, really, really wild at times. You're like, I don't understand what, what is happening to me. Well, were you specific? Did you define what it is that you want or you don't want? Or, you know, are you just, are you still settling? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think everything is, um, you know, as you mentioned, like you have to be intentional. I have to be intentional with my happiness, with my joy, 
um, with my spirituality, with my um, finances, with my, um, you know, whether it's political or economical, just romantical, everything, you have to be intentional. I think when you just throw caution to the wind and, you know, you're like, well, just let the chips fly wherever they may. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And I'm not a control freak and I'm not advertising or an advocate and say, well, every single thing has to be robotic and, you know, I've got to be so uh, rigid because life is. No, but it's about, it's about focused energy, right? It's about, it's about harnessing, harnessing all of that and putting it in one direction. Absolutely. 100%. So what has writing and speaking and, um, and all of that offered you, what has that given you? Oh my God. It's giving, given me the ultimate thing, which is freedom. freedom, being totally free to be me. I like to tell, I have a group of 17 to 21 year old mentees and I tell them to thine own self be true, but, and to others be you, because that is so important. And that is what being able to speak, write, um, you know, be transparent to tell my truth, share my messages, my trials, my struggles, even, you know, to some extent, um, the success, it has afforded me a freedom like no other, even sitting before you, doing interviews, writing, journaling, writing in my diary, uh, just ref- my reflection time, my meditative time, um, it's, it, it just like, it frees me. Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes me feel like there's nothing in this world I cannot, um, you know, overcome or, or, or like everything that's going to be given to me for those 24 hours, like it's gonna be okay. And even if I have to carry some things over, it's okay because eventually guess what? When I look back, I'm done with that set of problems and I'm ready for the next set of problems. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, very good. So what do you tell your mentees about faith? How important faith is to their journey and to their lives? Well, the greatest thing that I instruct them or, or, you know, suggest to them is that success is a dish served only to the bold so you have Mm -hmm. to be bold now I don't define success for no one and it's crazy because I think when people view you as being successful they think that it that like your success is because you have you know a little bit of money or you have a this or that or you live here or you have you're wearing this or whatever none of that is success to me Success is when you can 100% and authentically be you. Success is being able to reach back and help other people. Success is being able to, you know, walk boldly and confidently in the being, you know, the spiritual being that you are created to be. And when you can do those things instead of, you know, feeling ashamed for mistakes or different things that probably have, you know, that has not gone so well in your life, you know, there are going to be consequences with anything. I mean, some of the things I'm still feeling the brunt of, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, but being able to just, you know, still just hold my head up high and walk completely in my truth and say, okay, you know what, this is going to be a phenomenal day. It's going to be, that's going to turn to a phenomenal week, a phenomenal um, month. Just knowing that I have faith, I have the belief that everything is going to be okay and that everything truly is working 
you know, um, in purpose and in alignment for me to be on a particular path and to be on, on a particular journey. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, the book is reality to rags to riches, right? Yes. And where can people, where can people find the book and hear more about your story? So the book is on all outlets from barnesandnobles.com, Amazon. You can also go to my website, which is www.inotherwordsbystone.com. You can Google me for all of the amazing Googlers out there. You can Google Angela Marshall or Google the title of the book, um, Story and Life of an, of an Ex-NFL Wife. I am actually on every social media outlet as well. So you can reach out to me. And, um, you know, if there's something that resonates as far as wanting to purchase a book or even to, for me to speak, I do seminars, I do workshops, um, I host. <laughs> I'm a fabulous host, might I add, because I'm very, very animated. <laughs> I'm very animated, as I'm sure you're, you're listening. Yes, can absolutely. <laughs> can tell in my voice. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on every outlet and welcome the opportunity to, um, you know, connect and, and definitely converse with, with your listeners. That's wonderful. Well, I have completely enjoyed our few minutes here together today. And I just thank you for sharing with us and giving us your insight. And, and I will uh, post all of your connections on our show notes and it'll be, it'll be fun to let people to hear, hear our conversation. So thank you, Angela, so much. Absolutely. Thank you too. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at JillRiley.com, on Facebook at JillRiley.Author, Twitter at JillRileyAuthor, and Instagram at JillRiley.Author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at JillRiley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day.